Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's Fleabag. My name's Dan, and I once drove two hours by myself to see the original black and white Godzilla movie and eat a special edition cheeseburger based on that Godzilla movie. My name is Jimmy, and I once cried at a live performance of the Chrono Trigger theme song at Video Games Live. (laughs) My name is Jeff, and I made duty in the same Beverly Hills restroom where George Michael got arrested for solicitation. Cool. This is all yeah. incredibly on brands. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I that was it's, it's like it's my f- favorite story to tell, and I was like, I've had to have told it before, but I looked at my notes and I didn't mm. see it. So if I did tell it before, it was in like the first seven episodes of Talk Me Into. I don't think you have. I've never heard this before. Oh man, I, I could go on for twenty minutes about it. I'm fine. Dan with that. will probably be like, no. <laughs> okay, so I'll say because he's not make saying the brief version. Brief version is I was in Los Angeles for work with mm-hmm. two coworkers, and we had like six hours to kill between Los Angeles. I know it's such a shame that you didn't have that album before you went there. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, we had time to kill, and they were like, "Let's go on this like three-hour tour of Stars Homes." And I was like, "By the way, the album terrible. is Women in Music Part Three by Wimpy. Hein. Yep. Okay. Sounds terrible. Let's do it. So we ate like some burrito place and i was like this burrito's fine i was feeling good but we came from a food show and i ate like a lot of food there and uh so we get on the thing and the guy's like yeah we'll stop here and there for some breaks and we're going up like these windy roads in los angeles on mulholland boulevard or drive drive. whatever the hell it's called just like the gaslight anthem song mulholland drive yeah um and it's like i'm sitting like i have a really bad fear of heights so i'm like looking down into the valley and i'm like i feel like we're tipping over and i'm like oh i'm feeling real nauseous right now and then about um, on like one of the double decker buses it was one but it was all open Mm. and i was right on the edge and it was packed so i'm sitting next to two people i don't know one uh co-workers in the row in front of me the other co-workers two rows in front of me and then i'm like i'm like oh man i could i could i gotta go to the bathroom and i'm not feeling that great i'm like we're gonna stop soon and then like a half hour goes by and i'm like oh boy so um this is the fast version yeah you so, haven't even gotten to the bathroom yet the, the fast <laughs> version getting is there the fast version is so I, much preamble Okay, I'm going to cut out all of the fun parts. We eventually stop an hour and 45 minutes after I originally have to go to the bathroom. And the driver of the tour bus pulls over. He's like, I'm going to make a quick stop here. If anybody needs to use the restroom, it's just across the street. So we stop like right in front of it's kind of like before you get to the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's this long straight road with palm trees jutting into the sky and it's warm and it's beautiful. Could you describe the road more in this bathroom story? I can't. As he eats. (laughs) I know. Just munching on the mic. So I go to the bathroom and it is to make a long story short the most explosive intense <laughs> creation i've Yum. ever made and uh then when i leave almond yeah i do <laughs> and when i leave i get back to the bus and i hear people talking like wow somebody in there really messed it up and it was like the filthiest bathroom ever no thank you it was disgusting and then we get back on the road and everybody knows that i'm the reason why we had to stop and the stinky the, boy the tour bus driver was like uh yeah i don't usually point it out anymore since his passing but that's the restroom where george michael got arrested for a solicitation of nice. an officer that's kind of messed up it is it's really messed up but then like if you look up pictures that is the bathroom that i absolutely destroyed wow cool great we should have done a whole episode the story would have been funnier if dan didn't make me cut out 90 percent of it we have things to talk about jeff yeah like eating nuts we can I have to nuts. keep myself occupied while you tell a rambling story about palm trees. <laughs> I was going to ask Jimmy about his fun fact, but I don't remember what it was. It's gone now. It's fine. <laughs> I cried at a live performance of the Chrono Trigger music. Oh, yeah. How old were you? Uh, 15. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I was 20. Cool. Well, that's a big yeah. difference, 15 yeah. to 20. Yeah, no, I was in college. What, what triggered the coming tears? of age? 
What triggered the tears? Um, it was mostly nostalgia. It was one of the. It was a game that I totally forgot about, but like I really liked when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but um, oh yeah, it was, just, it was oh yeah tears. Yeah. Um, and just like the music and stuff, I get like emotional during live performances of anything. Okay, Mark Marin. I am. Whenever he talks about that, I'm like, that's me. Like, I cry a lot during like a music live show. Music does have like an ethereal quality that can like bring about emotions. But it's not even just like music, too. Like, if it's even just like. Stop. Why are you this <laughs> way? He's been munching for five minutes and now he's rubbing his dirty shit shoes on my ankles. No. But uh, yeah, no, I thought it was pretty lame that I was crying at Chrono Trigger. But here I am. There's probably a room full of geeks crying at Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Crying. Like me. Cool. Dan, Jeff, Jimmy, do we have any ratings, reviews, emails, tweets, etc.? We did get an email this week um, from a fan of the show. Uh, I don't want to give his full name because I think it is his actual name. Okay. Uh, first name, Fraser. 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 And he said, smiley face, like your show. <laughs> and I said... Thanks. We like your email. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's it was so nice and yeah. just happy. It wasn't even an emoji. It was a colon parenthesis. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't I, seen one of those in the crow's age. Mine was not an emoji either. It was a semicolon, so a winky smile. Ooh. Oh. Uh, Dan with his winky. Turns out he's a young boy, so we're not going to get into too much detail. But he's a fan. We're glad you're listening. Keep listening. And if you guys want your email read on the show, email us. Talkmeinto at gmail.com. Age regardless, whatever. Hmm. I think it's irregardless. Irregardless. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the episode's ending. Or the segment. <laughs> whatever. I can't talk anymore. Every week on the show, we talk to each other. And the audience listens to us talk to each <laughs> other about something we've been talking ourselves into lately on a small scale. I'm not talking myself into an Amazon Prime original series flea bag this week. Mm-hmm. Dan's talking me into that. Yeah. But what am I talking myself into? Mm-hmm. The answer is nothing. But I'm talking and I did successfully talk my mom into our cook with us videos oh yeah oh really <laughs> yeah That's when funny. when jimmy dropped the latest one pizza i was about to start watching it uh and she came over and i was like hey uh do you want to watch this cooking show and she's like sure and i played it she's like that's you you know like how old people are with the internet <laughs> well, moms too yeah she didn't even yeah. know it was the internet she just thought it was a video that i had like you um, put a cassette in your tv yeah so <laughs> there were like there were some of the reactions where you could be on tv and i was like i am that's the tv <laughs> and i'm on it and uh she she didn't understand the concept of like youtube or anything right. like that so then some some other uh she did like it she liked the music that mm. jimmy put in there and i tried to explain to her that it was just free use <laughs> uh no royalty that's music funny. she really liked that she thought it looks like good. can i get this album yeah so yeah. then we watched the pizza one and i watched it for the first time and it was funny and then she's like are there any more so we just watched all three of the ones we have pickled mm-hmm. pineapple and paella all up on our youtube page and all- some peas just realizing oh, oh yeah oh. what's your next one it's gotta be pork rinds homemade yeah. pork rinds <laughs> uh so some of her other comments <laughs> would be pork rind it would be better without the swearing which <laughs> i don't think it would uh she scoffed when i pretended the squash was my penis <laughs> and then she scoffed when dan zoomed into my bulge in the paella video oh i no, thought she yeah. was gonna have a big problem with the knife fight uh she was she didn't like it she made a there was a an audio reaction she, she says that jeffrey a lot that's like <laughs> jeff's mom's go-to yep, reaction it sure is so funny story i showed my parents um back when we stopped making the videos patreon exclusive i showed them the videos and they both really liked them too um with similar reactions yeah like yeah. you guys can have your own tv show right yeah and jimmy did a good job <laughs> but i have to say they were very excited for the pizza one and i made them wait the week so they knew like it was coming so then when it debuted on you youtube made them week you didn't just send them the the link yeah so then when it went on youtube they watched it on their tv i watched it with them i hadn't seen it all the way through yet and um tough critics they didn't, oh, didn't really wow. love the pizza video well because most of it was us prepping there wasn't a lot of like pizza because there's, the pizza takes 10 seconds to cook yeah my dad was like this is too long it's boring you should cut some out and i was like yeah uh and then my mom was like it's shaky and i'm like jimmy had problems with this gimbal <laughs> gimbal gimbal yeah cool. 
But uh, yeah, cool. they're looking forward to the next one as well. You guys talking yourselves into anything this week or your parents? Yeah. What are you talking yourself into, Dan? Oh, boy. Well, Jeff, we were sort of talking about this off mic. Pod, and I had to pod. shut myself right up because oh. I was saving it for the pod. Putting I'm, our friendships on hold yep. so that you guys can hear it live. Guys, I'm talking myself into a documentary called mm. Holding These Moments. Oh, uh, we were talking. Is that really a talk yourself into? Yeah. Because you're talked into Bane. Yeah, but I'm I'm enjoying the documentary. Okay, I'll let you and I'm talk. like explaining it to other people <laughs> and wanting you, other people to talk. watch it. Also, it's a big deal because I don't pay money for movies. And I had to pay money for this. Yeah, I'm about to. I just haven't had time to watch it yet. Yeah, so it's a documentary that covers pretty much the history of the hardcore band Bane um, with a strong emphasis on their final shows um, because they did recently break up in 2016. Um, It's called Holding These Moments. It's available on Amazon Prime. I paid $5 to rent it. Worth every penny. I found it to be really well done. Um... It was really. Uh, it took him a long time. To, it took him four years to make it. Yeah, I've been following the Instagram. It had they had compiled a ton of footage though, going back oh, to yeah. literally Bane's yep. first show. Uh, I found it really compelling. Like I, I put it on late last night, intended to watch part of it, go to sleep, and then watch the rest later. And I ended up staying up till like two o'clock in the morning and watching the whole thing. Um, it was cool seeing you know people that i recognize from shows and things like that we were there we were at the last show we were at the I last saw them show like 12 times yeah i saw them like five times uh one of my bands opened up for them which was cool we were not mentioned uh <laughs> well i mean a lot of bands open up for them yeah over the course of 20 years jimmy i don't know if you know anything about bane but they're like a very pivotal band in new england hardcore yeah i've heard of them they I were together know. for 20 years i'm not a fan or anything but i've heard yeah. some of their music well you will be i mean it's coming oh it is <laughs> It, it has to at some point. Okay. It's like my my top three favorite bands of all time. Yeah. So the documentary is really good. You should check it out. Holding these moments. Okay. Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into? This week, I was talking myself into contributing to the Tomb of the Red Horse campaign. Oh, mm. 100% funded. Yeah, it just got funded. By the time you're hearing this, it's already the Kickstarter is over. Stretch funding. Well, by the time this episode's out, it's going to be already done. Oh. But um, even better. Yeah. So uh, Ian uh, approached me about a week ago asking me if I can make a little video for them. So I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. You it was their, this, uh, I it, didn't know you made it. It was yeah. all over the socials last night. Yeah. It did uh, just <laughs> drop last night. But uh, yeah, I was very excited too. He asked me to make a video just with some of the uh, the uh, comic pages that they have released already. Um put some cool creepy music in oh, did a lot of animations and yeah it's really well done i called jimmy and congratulated him last night <laughs> yeah yeah i did it in secret i didn't want you guys to know because i was gonna save it for the pod but <laughs> then ian posted it last night i was like all right well dan knows now because <laughs> i immediately called him i'm like what the heck jimmy yeah i didn't even see it this is all news to me <sighs> maybe we can watch it when this segment's over no it's Jeff over. can watch it on his own time. <laughs> but, uh, I'll no, watch was... it when you're in a pile of slop in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> That's so true. But uh, yeah, no, I was really excited to work on that because, as we all know, I was a huge fan of Tomb of the White Horse. Yeah. I'm very excited for Tomb of the Red Horse. Oh, yeah. I finally, like, I I screwed up and, and didn't, like, join the Kickstarter for White Horse. Yeah, I messed up bad. And it went on a print. So this time I, I uh, joined the Kickstarter. I backed the project and I backed it at the higher dollar value to get the physical copy of White Horse and Red Horse. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. idea. So I'm really excited. Jeff, what did you back? Nothing yet, but I'm going to. This guy. <laughs> I backed all of his. I backed two or three of his other projects. Back off, man. I'm gonna He's back it. off, man. He's working towards stretch funding. You can be a part of that. Good. Guy. I want him to stretch me. <laughs> the end of all podcasts on Earth. Guys, flea bag. Okay, yep. fellas. Fellas. All these things. This week, I'm talking you into a TV series called Fleabag that I personally loved, but is also one of our more requested topics. Yeah, often. Yeah. Whenever we bring it up, people mm-hmm. are like, Fleabag. And Dan brings it up a lot. Yeah, yeah. we well, did it, and it was uh, it was a picked choice. out of a hat. Right. It almost got picked. Oh, true, that too. Um, Dan, we've tried to get this episode done like three times. Yeah, so 
it's it has a strong following it's not the most popular mm-hmm. show on earth but people who like this show love this show yep. it's like one of those That's things that becomes it. like people's favorite mm-hmm. show um so I'm not sure what what is your guys' level of exposure before I talk about what it really is. I just know it's a British comedy that people like, and I like British comedies, so maybe I'll like it. That's I know, all I know. You, I know you've tried to talk me into it like years ago. I think probably before we started the podcast, and you were like, "Oh, it's sort of based off of this like one man show that she one did, one woman show, one woman show." And I know that Phoebe Waller Bridge is that her name? Yep. She was uh, one of the names floated as the doctor before Jody Whittaker. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. She was, I forgot about I, that. Not, it's not like it's in the running, but she was like, it's, it was speculated that right. she would be the doctor. So so you both have bits and pieces of the story, and you're correct. Uh, Fleabag is based on a one-woman show of the same name that was written and starred Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Um, I came to hear about Fleabag uh, as a fan of Joanna Robinson, who is a writer for Vanity Fair, and and she's a co-host of the Storm podcast. With she's actually a co-host Wallace. of this podcast because she's talked you into ninety percent of the stuff you talk us. I into. like her, <laughs> and we have similar taste. And she was one of these people, like I mentioned earlier, that was like a diehard Fleabag fan. Mm-hmm. So a couple things conspired to finally get me to watch it because uh, it was one of those shows that was like very much in my cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> like my small like Twitter sphere was all talking about Fleabag. Me too. Yeah. That's how I know about it. It's just like yeah. something I've always seen. But I just riffs. didn't get around to it. And then a couple things like sort of conspired. One of them is that uh, season two of Fleabag dropped and I found out that it was the end. There was not going to be any more. It told a complete. Concise oh, really? Story. Yeah. Oh, okay. that was decided upon. And um, what I also found out was that Fleabag season one was loosely the story expanded upon of the one woman show. Okay. And Fleabag season two was completely new content. Um, is that still the case or is it getting yeah. a season three because nope. it was popular? Nope. So it's just two. Phoebe so she Waller dies Bridger. at the end. I didn't say that. It just tells a complete story. Wasn't she a droid? Excuse me. That's what I'm also getting to. <laughs> she also uh, played... Uh, what did the voice of of uh, Lando Calrissian's droid partner Lee. in the in the film Solo? Yeah, I can't remember her no. character's name. It was like Elite joke. Yeah, L three E T or L E three T. It's a bad movie. Yeah, uh, it's fine. But she was she was wonderful in it. Like that character is one of the saving graces of the film for me. Yeah. And she hosted SNL to promote that around this time period. Yeah, that's the only thing I've seen her. In. And I found her just lovely just uh, an enjoyable presence funny uh just like one of these people that's like effervescent and i was like i need to finally watch fleabag i fell in love with fleabag guys i binge watched fleabag in like a week i got through two seasons are Um, they british seasons or american seasons like six series yes yeah uh so as jeff is referencing they're they're shorter the show originally aired on bbc uh in 2016 the first season launched um, I saw them. They, they've been picked up by Amazon Prime. Um, six episodes each season. Very self-contained. Very witty. Uh, it's definitely feels like a one-woman show. It's like uh, the main character known as Fleabag. One of the th- running things about the show is there's not a lot of character names. Um, mm. There's a lot of like pseudonyms and nicknames that she gives to people. Uh but we never find out the main character's name, but she narrates the show by breaking the fourth wall and speaking directly to camera. So she's Deadpool. Or is she pioneered that concept? It was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But uh <laughs> it's it's really well done. I think every the sitcom is like tremendously well written. She wrote the entire uh series just like she wrote the one woman show. So it feels very authentic. I know parts of it are semi autobiographical. Um there's how can I say this? It's well written to a level where it's not just well written for a sitcom or comedic television. It's it's like art. There there's it like, transcends. Yes, and the there's genre. uh there's twists and turns throughout that you don't expect. There's moments of high emotion and passion, anger, love, heartache, but there's also just like super base dumb like poop jokes and stuff like that. I love poop jokes. So and it's full of like very like funny talented actors and comedians in these supporting roles that you're really going to enjoy um brett gelman has a supporting role as Mm. fleabag's brother-in-law 
mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman is her stepmother. So it's one of these things where you're going to recognize a lot of people in it. Um, loosely, the storyline is just that it's a woman who has gone through a pretty rough patch and uh, she seems to be acting out uh, through a lot of different not great behaviors, uh, stealing, lying, having arbitrary sex. And uh, yeah, through the course of the first season, we sort of figure out why that's happening and why she's a flea bag. And uh, in season two, maybe we'll get some catharsis. Mm. Oh, maybe we will. So you guys haven't seen any episodes of Fleabag? I have not. Nope. I'm asking you to watch the first four episodes of season one of Fleabag. This was a tough decision for me because you're a whole season guy. Well, first of all, I didn't want to give you all of season one uh, because I didn't want you to give up on it. Season one feels like its own story, but season two is so good. Some of my favorite stuff is in season two. Why don't you just give a season two? Because you won't know what's going on. I'm just kidding. Like, th- I also thought about I'm, jumping I'm around. Funny boy. I thought about jumping around, but this it's very linear. Like, you will not know what's going on right. if you didn't see the episode prior. So mm. check out season one, episodes one through four of Fleabag on Amazon Prime. And when we come back, we're going to be spoiling those first four episodes. Okay. Fleabag was a show that Dan has been talking about for a very long time. Longest time. And uh, we finally watched it. Longest time. Yeah, we watched. Nope. We watched four episodes. Yeah. The first four episodes. Entire cold open of episode one was a butt joke, and I dig it. It was long and drawn out, and it was exactly what Jeffrey likes. Funny story about the first episode. I accidentally skipped it. What? What? <laughs> Jim. Because um, Bimbo. I think somebody was using my Amazon Prime account, started it and didn't like it and stopped at the first episode. Oh, so boy. It started at episode two. Okay. I did watch it later. Let's go back we'll to episode back to one then. Uh, yeah. I, I love this, as Jeff calls it, a cold open or like an extended intro. Uh, drops you right into her thought process. Mm-hmm. And just like the world she's in. You know that moment when a guy texts you at 2 a.m.? <laughs> I just think that's so funny. She's like pretending that she just got in, even though she was in her jammies. Yeah. Gym she, jams. She, <laughs> she wanted it in her hiney and she got it. Uh, I don't know if she wanted well, it, but maybe she not was first, willing but to make it happen. She liked it. And then she's like, has this great profound moment where he's like kissing her and stuff like that. And then, and then I've been thinking all day, do I have an enormous asshole? Arsehole. Yeah, that was, was like funnier. It's so burning. That made yeah. me laugh out loud. Yeah, I was like, oh wow, that's the punchline to yeah. the setup. I didn't know where this was going. And then it just went like flea bag. And I like the title card too. It's like three seconds long and it's like yeah. <laughs> always <laughs> for no reason. And it's like uh tr- like this weird jazz. Yeah. yeah. Uh and then I, I like the the next part where she's laying in bed with her boyfriend, on again, off again boyfriend, Harry. And uh she is <laughs> slap, slapping the clam to Obama, masturbating yeah. to a Barack Obama speech. <laughs> that was probably the funniest. And then thing he's like, the show, show. Really "I know what you're doing." <laughs> and she's like, "No, I was just watching the news." And he's like, "Oh yeah, well, what were they talking about?" And she's like, "Iraq." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. good. Uh, and then she she's on her way to a job interview, and she has an interaction with a guy in the bus who, in my notes, I refer to as Tooth Guy. Because I don't know his name. Oh, he's got the, teeth. Uh, he is credited. Yeah, as a different name. Yeah, I forgot on the credits as Bus Rodent. Bus Rodent. That's what it was. <laughs> Which yeah. is so good. She uh, becomes interested in him as she sees his eyes over the top of his newspaper, and then he smiles at her, and she's like, "Oh." She's like, "Really? We're doing this?" And yeah, they just have like an awkward interaction, trying to get. Each we should say numbers. that uh, she and her boyfriend Harry broke up. Yeah, and yeah. she basically alludes to the fact, yeah, that. Uh, he moves out, but he always leaves behind something, specifically this little dinosaur toy. I thought that right. was pretty cute. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was pretty funny. funny. And that gives him an excuse to come back. Yeah, that was in the second episode, which was my first episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then this episode, uh, they sort of go on a date with uh, Bus Rodent and Fleabag. And um, yeah, no, it was just incredibly awkward the entire time. And he's just incredibly annoying and like tough to look at. It's like no offense to the actor. I have no idea if I'm, this is like prosthetic or not. Those must be because it, it was sure, absurdly yeah. large. Yeah. Also, um, 
he's annoying but also a good guy like she wanted to just like go back to her house and have like random sex yeah. and he was like I-, I like you right yeah he thought it was gonna like be an actual date mm. um so before that date though i i kind of think she only goes on it out of desperation yeah uh because she doesn't want to be alone she goes to this feminist lecture with her sister claire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we meet claire and i i love the way they interact together um Claire is such like a type A go-getter the, type person. They kind of interact with each other like preteen sisters would. Yeah. Uh, but they're Love, like 30 years old. Yep. Very immature. And also like um, even the situations they find themselves are very immature. Like the tension starts because Fleabag realizes she's wearing a shirt that she stole from her sister. Years yeah. ago. Yeah. That's like a very teenage girl thing. Mm-hmm. There's also a moment at this lecture that I find hilarious, which is that the feminist woman who's like leading the the talk, the conference, um, <laughs> she she raises this uh, question to sort of like elicit a positive response from the audience, which is like, how many women in this audience would trade five years of their life for the so-called perfect female body, and only they raise their hands. Megan or Claire, and, and they like slump into their chairs, raise their hands. And the point of the question is to say, like, to be that's so ridiculous. <laughs> And then Fleabag, she's like, we are the worst feminists. <laughs> yeah. There's one part in somewhere in this episode that has nothing to do with anything, but it's it's a, the gag with the guy in her cafe, which we find out is her cafe, um, slowly plugging everything into yep. outlets, <laughs> yeah, like his laptop, really funny. in a, one long, steady shot that the camera didn't move at all. Yeah. And that is exactly my type of humor. I just love... <laughs> like absurd i knew you were gonna like long that. lengths yeah. of time well for and no reason where that happens in the episode is so good because we basically find out that her cafe is really struggling financially and she like is wanting to ask for help from her sister financially but she doesn't want to mm-hmm. and then they show this guy who just walks in sits down and plugs in like five devices and she's like can i get you something and he's like nope i'm good <laughs> and she's yeah. like you sure you don't want anything no thank you yeah so literally he's just like costing her money being there right yeah and that's so uh, then um i wrote down because of the way we record is kind of weird uh i won't get too into it right now but i wrote down halfway through the episode i don't know her name uh, and then i realized that we never know her name yeah she's fleabag and nobody yeah. ever calls her fleabag nope there's just nothing just how she views herself yeah. she's the Which narrator is kind of like i guess it's pretty cleverly written to never have a name come up and it doesn't feel awkward no right yeah and the only reason i noticed was because i'm taking notes mm. yeah so same. you were like yeah what if i wasn't again? taking notes i might not have realized it so you don't know her halfway name. through the first episode i might have watched the whole freaking season and i think i knew about it because i heard people talking about the uh, show and referring to her as fleabag yeah there's also one more important moment at the end of this episode before we move on to the next one which is that um when she's in the taxi on on uh on the way home from, well, I guess we should back up a little bit. She goes drunkenly visits her father, um, yep. right? And Olivia Coleman's her godmother, yeah, slash stepmother, stepmother, yeah. And uh, we see that she's got a little bit of a kleptomaniac uh, thing where yep. she has to like steal as a way of like, uh, sort of some vengeance or like taking well, out her. Is she anger. a kleptomaniac or did she no. just take that because she thought it was funny because she doesn't like her godmother? Uh. That's what I thought at first, but then you see arbitrary moments like later on in one of the episodes we watch, she steals toilet paper from her sister's house, oh, okay. which mm-hmm. she ended up needing. But uh, you do see throughout the series that she has an issue with just taking things, uh, but she see- steals this sculpture um, that her godmother made, which apparently is a sculpture of her mother mm. uh, who has passed away. And on the taxi ride home, um, she basically gives this little monologue straight to camera about um, how her best friend, Boo, who she had opened the cafe with, accidentally killed herself. Yeah. What'd you guys think of this? This idea of her demise? Mm. I thought it was pretty interesting and like sort of pathetic. Well, uh, like I said, I didn't watch this episode until after I was already done with. Oh, so the four. next one where they like show the flashback. Right. Yeah. That's where I was like, uh, what just happened? And then <laughs> I sort of like figured out as things were going on. Hot take. I think the second episode was a better pilot than the first episode. 
That's mm. weird. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt like more things were getting accomplished. And like I was sort of figuring out things about her that were in the first episode. like, oh, we didn't need to see all that. Mm. I just felt like the first episode was a little pointless. I, I agree with you that there's more total setup. There's first more. So yeah. just yeah. character introduction. There's more plot in the second episode. Let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about the second. Let, episode. Let's. So the stolen trophy, she goes to get appraised by her brother-in-law, who is Brett Gelman. Uh, I believe that's also cold open here too. They're on the subway and people are singing sail. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that was definitely more artistic and didn't have right. anything to do yeah. with anything. I was like, I haven't but heard was, this song. It cool in like but it years. also, um, accomplished sort of the same thing of the first episode, which is a very like, uh, dramatic and like artistic way to make a Super sort of crass joker. Yeah. I thought it was really mm-hmm. well done though. Like these people were like experiencing brief flashes of supreme emotion. Right. Yeah. And then she's like, I think I'm about to start my period. Yeah. It's really funny. It was good. Yeah. And then as Jeff said, we, f- we find Fleabag, uh, turning to her brother-in-law. Yeah, she's to trying a- to like sell the trophy statue thing that she stole. Sculpture. Sculpture. That's a word for it as well. Yeah. She also makes this joke too about how they, he walks or she walks in on him uh, on the laptop and is like, oh, he's watching a gangbang right now. You bet you it's gangbang. Yeah. And yeah. he was like looking for jewelry. And then, <laughs> and then he just goes, please don't tell her again. Yeah. And then she finds out he's looking at really bad necklaces with Claire, his, his wife's name written on them. And she's like, somehow this is even worse. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. Um, she runs into arsehole guy. <laughs> which is the guy from the cold open of the first episode mm-hmm. and they end up having this weird tryst and oh guy this this guy is amazing some of the stuff that happens in this sequence where they're bathing together and she's like he always asks you these like very uh introspective questions like yeah do you ever feel alone oh yeah <laughs> i forgot yeah. about that part it makes you respond like this and she gives this like very like a, a like um I don't even know how to say it like avocado. No, like it cuts right to her core. Like she's really bearing her soul. And then he follows it up with, do you want any pineapple? She's like, yes. <laughs> this dude also had a portrait of himself yep, in his bedroom. A huge too, one. Which I thought was great. Everything the set was design, super dr- yeah. douchey. The uh, set design of the show, I think, is really good. And I think um, just like the production quality in general, I think is really good. There's also a great little exchange here where they're questioning each other in the bathtub and she's like um she's like how old were you when you realized you were you were extremely handsome and he's like uh i noticed i was different around 12 but shit started to get really real around 13 <laughs> it's when my aunt noticed me yeah that's when that i started right. making me yeah. different that was really funny in how awkward it was mm-hmm. A lot of the humor in the show is just like dialogue, which I always appreciate because I love just like funny dialogue. Um, like that's how I write too. I try to be as funny as possible in the writing, not necessarily like the dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of the the funniest things I think in all four episodes happens in this episode is when uh, her n- new boyfriend again, Harry, comes back, uh-huh. and they want to surprise each other. <laughs> And she should try to surprise each other every day. Yeah. And she gets home and she hears him in the shower and she forgets. She she realizes she didn't make up a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So then she pretends to be a robber and goes into the bathroom with a knife and her face covered. Yeah. And he like he's in the shower naked and his reaction was like he was really getting robbed. (laughs) And then she kept going with it. And then she like comforts him and she's sitting in the shower with him in all of her clothes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. His reaction was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was was definitely the funniest part i laughed the hardest at that for sure yeah that was really good too so a lot of this episode is about her relationship with harry and i think mm-hmm. they do an interesting thing of subverting uh flashbacks with current stuff so mm-hmm. that i don't really even know what portions of this are happening yeah now so and what i was she's looking i was on. definitely confused at the flashbacks too because they don't really differentiate themselves from real life so mm-hmm. i was like wait there's boo is she dead yet what's going on with this I think the boo stuff becomes clearer it, later. It does, but at first I was confused. But I think the stuff with Harry is intentionally obscured because they're in this repetitive cycle. Right. That yeah. it doesn't really matter. It just matters that at one point they tried this surprise thing. At another point, they tried holding off on all masturbation, which she was not comfortable <laughs> doing. And I think yeah. that's what um, leads to this quote unquote final breakup. Um, which this time felt different though. We saw that he, he came moved back out. for the dinosaur. Well, 
I mean prior to that. Oh. Even prior to that, he he moved out over the Obama masturbation. <laughs> and this time he didn't Which come is an back amazing for, sentence to be yeah, said. Yeah. He didn't come back for the dinosaur either. If you, no, if you not notice, that time. she had to bring it to him. No, but one time, what maybe Yeah, you're getting ahead episode. of me. I don't remember. She had to bring him the dinosaur, which felt a little mm-hmm. different. And they did keep things going, and that's when either the surprise thing I actually I think this final time was the let's not masturbate thing, and then he looked at his computer history. And oh, just right. listed off <laughs> forever. Of it was like two minutes long of just yeah. different jobs. All of kinds porn. of like progressively weird, uh, weirder porn. And she just looks super Don't kink shame. There's nothing weird there. No, but just Dan over here. For him. Look at this progressive liberal snowflake over here. Kink yeah. shaming everybody. I'm not kink shaming. <laughs> uh, and then this time he leaves and she looks immediately looks at the dinosaur and then looks to camera like, oh, we're fine. Yeah. And then he comes back in and takes, takes the dinosaur. It. And then her her look to the camera is decidedly less mm-hmm. uh, assured. Yeah, with this episode too, we definitely get a little bit more with Fleabag of like just her personality and like how this is the sort of thing that like it almost annoys me and I think it's intentional is that her life is just so predictable. She knows everything that's going to happen. Like she knows her boyfriend's going to come back. She knows she's going to get laid when, she, when he's gone. Mm. And um, <laughs> it's these little things that like um, that just like hip checks her it's like oh maybe this isn't going to be working out right. I'm like oh i get this show now i understand that like the the whole point of the show is that like you can't just like predict your life you need to like sort of i don't know so i'm gonna get a little bit nerdy here oh um, boy Uh-oh. i have seen the one woman show and after watching that if you guys are talked into it, i would encourage you to check it out too it's also available on amazon prime um you can see the correlation and one of the things that she kept which i think is really strong is the show is very oddly narrated. It's first person, but it's also sort of third person omniscient. Yeah, it goes back and forth. Um, because she will make these asides to camera um, that, to me, are important. Because, like you said, Jimmy, she she sort of is going through her life as a spectator. Right. Like, this is just how things are. And then when things change or are unexpected, we see her reaction and her um like uh, man i'm so bad at talking words uh <laughs> talk me into her vulnerability words. like her vulnerability like we see that um she tries to act tough and removed but when things go unexpectedly like this dinosaur she's wounded mm-hmm. and you could see it so i i really like the way that's handled and and i think we see more of these sort of and they're also some of the funnier moments a lot of this like jim halpert looks to camera mm-hmm. happen a lot throughout this show yeah for sure um and then we get to episode three which um has the return of uh bus rodent or whatever his name yep. was and um this was my first appearance to him because again i skipped the first episode by accident <laughs> and i was like what the fuck is this guy sorry so Jim. wait you watched episodes two three and four and then went back yeah oh yeah. boy that's bad maybe yeah that's well, why you don't like the first episode because your maybe. pilot wasn't <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying that I thought the episode two yeah, was like better because there's more shit that was going on. But um, yeah. So a lot of this, especially the first part of this episode is Fleabag helping Martin, Brett Gelman, mm-hmm. buy a birthday gift for his wife. Yeah. Who he seems to not really know a lot about. Well, Claire is also, I don't know, kind of a controlling bitch. Yep. Well, I wouldn't call her a bitch, though. I actually feel a lot of empathy and sympathy for her because she is... Uh, like a control freak which I have aspects of that in my personality and definitely like anxiety ridden but she's also not really getting a lot of help from anyone in her life mm. Um, like everyone in her circle of is not that way so no one ever relieves the stress from her I do love there was one line where Fleabag is like you look stressed and she says well I'm successful so yeah exactly <laughs> but also like um, a very common like sitcom trope for this type of character would be that she feels so anxious that she has to plan her own surprise birthday party. But in her case, she kind of does because it's acknowledged in episode two when Fleabag says that jokingly, like, oh, I'm helping him plan your surprise party. No one intended to have a birthday party for her. Right. That yeah. had not even crossed her husband's mind. So I don't know. I, I feel a little empathetic towards Claire, but... It, there's like some funny moments in a shoe store where they're like debating on uh, what kind of shoes would Claire like. And, he, and uh, he's like, well, what kind of shoes would you like? She's like, well, I'd like to be those. And it's like a set of sexy pumps. Yeah. 
And sometimes I feel like those. And instead of like chrome sneakers, she's like, but mostly I'm those like everyone else. And it's just like a pair of like smart boots. Yeah. It's pretty good. And then um, he was also wearing the shoes too and like yeah. ran after her. <laughs> in the, which in is the high really heels. Funny. Yeah. It was pretty good. And then like you said, she basically decides um, to take bus rodent to the party just because she can. Like she just wants someone there as a buffer. Right. Yeah. I still wrote down surprise party for sister with tooth guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh she buys her sister a sex toy oh right yeah that was really funny there's also a great exchange in here that all i could think of was jeff would have really appreciated this joke which one where they're at the sex shop and bus rodent is like you should buy one of these and it's a fake vagina oh yeah she's like she's i, like, have, I one. have one he's like you do and she's like yeah i bring it with me everywhere she's and he like, just where do you keep it? it and she's like in my pants <laughs> he's like are you telling me you have a vagina in your pants right now and he's like yeah she's like he he's didn't nev- get it never gonna get it <laughs> yeah never got it yeah that was pretty funny so good he's so naive and young yeah um they they hook up flea bagging oh right yeah the bus end of the episode. <laughs> her description is so good she's I don't like remember um he's surprisingly bony and angular it's like having sex with a geom- geometry compass <laughs> it's pretty good um and then uh i think earlier in this episode we we sort of breezed past it it's not a huge plot point but i love what it shows us about her interior thinking which is um she's basically saying like how much she loves sex and then she starts to define why she loves sex and it's because of the feeling before sex of uh being wanted Mm. this immense desire for your body and then she's like i don't actually like the feeling of sex that much which I think is mm. is really telling as to her mental state. I don't know. I think that's a common thing for people. Everybody gets something different out of it, and she likes that part. Yeah, but to be driven to well, large people, amounts of sex because of being wanted and not liking the feeling of yeah, it, I mean, that's I not guess. very healthy. I guess it's not. <laughs> a lot of people are unhealthy about sex. I agree. Yeah. I just think it's telling about where she's Some at Some people mentally. like the feeling of it and not all of the stuff before, yeah. which is also can be problematic. I'm not saying it is. So um, after they have sex, Bus Roden tries to kiss her and she rebuffs him. She's oh, yeah. not interested in any sort of like romantic right, yeah. relationship with him. Um, And then at the party, Martin gives Claire the stolen sculpture right yeah which is problematic yep that's just gonna cause a whole lot of problems with the family and speaking of causing problems with the family jeff do you remember what happens at the very end of the party nope jeff is just like playing with the table right now <laughs> oh my microphone's falling i'm fixing it so um i could just have it fall you're not, like not show. even on mic right now okay, but well, you're i was fixing it you're not wearing <laughs> you made headphones this thing, Dan. oh jeff's <laughs> mad uh what happens at the end of the party is that Martin is drunk and he leans in and tries to kiss Fleabag, his sister in law. Oh, right, yeah. And she's like, what yes, the I hell? I do remember that. I forgot That's about that. That's what you were talking about. Yeah, so that was awkward, and that could be awkward in the future. Yeah. It could be. It did get it? brought up in uh, episode four. Yeah, yeah, episode four was like uh, she was on a retreat with her sister. This is the episode where I realized I accidentally skipped episode one because I was like, what the f*** is happening? Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Jim. Because they were just like, out of just doing something totally different i was like what's happening right now oh so you missed like in episode one she remarks that since her mother died her father has no way to communicate with them so he just pays for them right. to go to these feminist retreats yeah. right even i mean i watch all these together and they're pretty short episodes but even yeah. when this started i kind of forgot and then i remembered uh because yeah. they do bring it up a little bit later on um but yeah so they're at a silent retreat which is right next to a um <laughs> uh another retreat for misogynistic man yeah <laughs> uh called better man and um yeah of course hilarity ensues not just hilarity but like just the metaphor the oh, idea yeah, that women are like the speech that they give are given on arrival is like we're here to help you control your thoughts Mm -hmm. and keep your voice inside your skull (laughs) and then literally next door is a program where men are taught to scream and voice all of their thoughts and opinions like the idea of their place the gender's place in society is just such a perfect metaphor it's really well done and also i think it's hilarious yeah and also story-wise too there was a banker there who uh fleabag was trying to get a loan from i believe or something loan 
and um who <laughs> called her a slut when she left uh because she like took her top off and accidentally yeah accidentally took her top off because she thought she had something underneath or whatever <laughs> yeah, she was hot because she had run to the appointment she was running right. late so she like went to lift off her sweater thinking she was wearing like an undershirt and yeah. wasn't she was just wearing a bra <laughs> well i mean that she could have done that on purpose because back to the first episode which Jim i kind of thought it was on purpose yeah she she took her top off to try to get a job because she heard that the guy was like one of the me too guys no that's the situation that you're referring to it was the loan and she didn't do it oh on it purpose. was the same guy yeah oh that's the guy she uh, was applying for a loan and he had remarked like oh we haven't had a lot of female run businesses since we got called out in that lawsuit and then she like mm accidentally took her top off and she's like no no it wasn't about that she's just dumb she just made a dumb mistake but uh yeah he's there he's at the men's retreat yeah somehow trying to learn how to treat women better by like screaming slut at them and stuff <laughs> yeah it makes no sense but i also love the hypocrisy of these types of things like when they run down like what's going to happen at the women's workshop they're like oh it's going to be stretching followed by guided meditation followed by completion of menial tasks and she's like later on she's kneeling in the garden like cutting grass with scissors <laughs> and yeah. i was like yo this is like such a thing that people would pay a lot of money for yeah absolutely and um in this episode two we sort of have a little bit more bonding between uh fleabag and claire yeah that's what i liked about this episode same because it wasn't as hilarious mm. uh as the other ones it was sort of like split the first half yeah when they're like getting acclimated at the retreat is really funny mm -hmm. and then it gets a little bit more serious She definitely opens up and she like told her sister that the sculpture was stolen and yeah and Claire reveals and they share that dildos. Yeah. <laughs> Claire reveals that uh, she's been promoted in her job, uh, but it would entail moving to Finland and she thinks she's going to turn it down. But Fleabag is like trying to convince her to take the job. Mm -hmm. um, and she tells her what Martin did at the party that Martin tried to kiss her. Yep. And she's basically like saying, like, listen, you need to do what makes you happy because this Martin thing ain't working. Not going to work out. Yeah. And um, that was pretty much like the end of the episode. She left the silent retreat mm -hmm. and um, Fleabag, I think, tried to go after her. Yeah. You guys have any overall thoughts? Um, Not really. I mean, it's it's kind of exactly what I expected it to be. Mm. Just like it was, it was British humor, which I love, in which I heard it was going to be. Um. Yeah, it, it was well made, like you said, in the first half of this. Like, it was just, it's produced really well. Um, Jimmy mentioned the the opening of season, or episode two, mm -hmm. on the subway. Like, it, it did feel a little disjointed, but, like, it was really well produced. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not too much to say overall about it. Jim? Uh, I like the production value of it a lot, because I am the production boy. I always bring that up whenever we're talking about a show, but... um. I like that it's an anamorphic widescreen, um, which we didn't really talk about, but uh, I think yep. it adds to it a little bit. Um, like cinematic, was, yeah, yeah, and I love which is an interesting. So. <laughs> it's interesting, an interesting choice for a show that is based on a one-woman show. Which, if you guys are talked into it and watch it, is basically her sitting on a stool. Mm. Did you know that? No, I just assume. Yeah. And uh, with like no stage stagecraft or anything. Right. Uh, and not only that, but even as a show itself, it's a, it's a very small show. It revolves yeah. on a few locations, a few characters. Yeah. There's nothing crazy. It just adds a level of gravitas to yeah. a lot of stuff that's happening that could just be looked at as menial. Like this could just be like an always sunny clone or whatever, but it's it's not like right. they, they there's a little bit of like um, just little things to perfection that make it turn it up to 11 right and it quite literally puts it in a frame that makes yeah. you take it more seriously yeah exactly that's what i like about when uh things do it that way okay well i have a little bit of a final push for you guys push it daddy okay. <laughs> push it real good so what i'm gonna tell you is that um first of all there's not a lot left to consume right if, if so you're we watched four it. there's only eight more right six and six yes that's correct mm. um actually i just want to confirm that season two is six you, you don't have to he's looking up on his phone um bingo Squad. yes bingo it is a total of six episodes in each season okay. so so there's not a lot left uh i told you in the first half it's a self-contained story season two sort of feels like a sequel season one feels like one film and season two feels like a sequel which um, i mean it's about the same length yeah yeah uh, about three it's, hours. It's pretty iconic. There's some stuff in season two that you're gonna get 
did you guys notice anything in what you've seen from like meme culture or from like no nope it's, it's pretty popular on twitter as far as like gifts meme and stuff culture. um she has a pretty big social media presence but anyways um there's actually some stuff coming up at the end of this season that is very shocking there's mm. there's a big twist coming up mm. and uh she yeah. dies in season two's in heaven <laughs> that would be um, so cute no there's some really really dramatic so that's stuff. what the good place is about so so <laughs> jimmy you remarked about how this show because of its production is more uh has more gravitas mm-hmm. and and we talked about it being like framed as a more artistic look than a, just a traditional comedic sitcom mm-hmm. that really comes out in this like the last two episodes of this season i figured it would and plus we didn't really touch upon it too but her friend boo who died and stuff like yeah that's all sprinkled throughout the season too and, and we're gonna get a lot more pathos as to why she's living this way figured yeah. uh we get a little bit of a reference like claire says earlier on like i've been trying to be supportive through with you as you've been going through this right so it's clear that she's not just like she's going through some yeah shit she's that. not like a bad person who's been this way her whole life right she's she's experienced trauma she's so, spiraling yeah so we're gonna get more of that if you guys get talked into it okay fellas so i'm here to ask you okay long pause jeff (laughs) jimmy jimmy let's pause real long was i able to talk you into fleabag (laughs) he's counting so slow yes Really? How could you be a no? As I, I watched this again, I was like, this is even better than I remembered. Um, So I think there's a couple reasons. I think it's because you have hyped it up to this level that in retrospect, I think is unobtainable. Like it, it's just, it didn't live up to my expectations. Cause like I have heard, like we mentioned before that it's this great show. It's really good. I've seen a lot of shows like, like this shorter British series. Like even like, I mean, if, you're talking about like Ricky Gervais's shows Afterlife mm. or Derek or stuff. Um, similar formats um, that are just way funnier for me. Um, mm. And I don't know. I think I just think it might have been overhyped. And when I was done watching these four episodes, I would have easily watched the six episodes. But I, I know the reason why you didn't pick six. Um, but when I was done with it, I was just like, OK. And then I was wow. thinking, I'm like. It's not bad. There's nothing about it I dislike at all. Mm. But as and I'm like, I don't know if it's yes or no. And I kind of sat on it. And then as like a couple days passed by, because I watched this like a week or so ago, I was just like, I don't have a desire to watch more. So I think that's my answer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing about it I I disliked. But you're not going to watch it the last two episodes. I have no interest. No, wow. there's there's nothing wow. there for me that I'm is surprised me Jimmy. Back. And like, it was funny. Like, if I can did. get a word in. <laughs> OK, I'll stop talking. It's no, fine. it's fine, Jeff. No, it's fine. Going. I wanted to come back to you. I want to hear where Jimmy's at, though, because okay. it's been a while. Um, I'm I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Jeff, but I'm interested enough to finish it. Um, it didn't blow me away. I'm not in love with the show. I think it's really overrated. Wow. It um, is, yeah. But uh, that's it's, that's it's the good. Only, that's the only problem I have with it is that it's overrated. Oh, I still think it's really good. It's so nuanced. I think her performance is so good, like that it's more than just like scripted comedy. Well, I'm excited to see where it's going, and maybe that'll change my mind if it if I think it's going to be better than it already has been. Her timing is great, and the editing is great, which in a comedy show is key. Like exactly. w- another character in comedy shows is editing. If it like, was like five seasons long, I would be a no. Um, but the fact that it's like two seasons and it's incredibly short. Yeah, might as well just finish it. But um, I'm just surprised at the soft takes from you guys. Because super soft yeah. to me, this show is is sort of like um, it reminded me a lot of love. If one of the partners had died. If Gus died and the and the rest of Love was about Mickey, mm, I don't know. I still think Love is way funnier and way more emotional. No, there's like some real laugh out. I literally legitimately laughed out loud several times without her saying a word. Just her reaction, like some of those shots in um the feminist retreat when they say something ridiculous and she just like looks at the camera, like, "Are you seeing this shit?" Yeah, I mean, don't yeah, get no, me wrong. Funny. It is an incredibly funny show, and it hooked me from the beginning. But, like, I don't think, like, the, I, I think the general population that, like, loves this show, I think, um, are sort of overhyping it a little bit. 
I, I want to do a catch up with Jimmy at some point. Not not on the pod, but right. I want you to watch the last two episodes of this season mm-hmm. and then talk to you because I have a feeling like all the things if, that here, you suspect. I'll give you this because I'm so soft and I have no takes. <laughs> you are so soft. I'm so soft. <laughs> My wife loves how soft I am. Uh, okay. Soft boy. We'll do a mini episode. I'll finish the season. Ooh, I like it. Okay. I'll finish Let's the season. Let's see if your time, mind changes. Next time we record, we'll record a 15 minute catch up and... I'm going to put me down as a maybe for this one. Is that good? So are we going to say maybes from both of you or yes for Jimmy? Oh, I'm a yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll change mine to maybe if you'll allow it. I allow it. Okay. This is a first for the podcast, guys. I've never, we've never changed it after it said I've never been a maybe. So is it it possible that what I've said has encouraged you to like, maybe I should watch these last two episodes? I don't. The thing is, is that I don't know how the next two episodes can be so much better that it will change my mind. I'm not hyping it up to say that it's so much better. Well, you've hyped up. No, no, no. <laughs> what I'm saying, first of all, you guys make it seem like I never said this was like my favorite show or anything. No. I, I wanted to talk you guys into it partially because I thought you guys would both really like it, which I'm surprised. I thought this was a shoe in episode. It has everything I love. But like I said, when I was you done sound like watching me when it, I talk about music. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but like I have no I haven't thought about it in a week. Well, okay. Well, let's wrap up. So, okay. So we're going to watch the last two episodes. And, we'll do that. And we'll do a little mini episode. I don't think it's going to revolutionize the series for you. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is I think you're going to get more of the things that you guys found intriguing. Okay. Like some of the darker stuff, the pathos, more of the storyline and backstory. I think you're going to get in those last two episodes and you're going to be like, I want to watch season two. Okay, we'll see. Don't expect to say like this is my new favorite show. No, I know. We'll see if if I watch the next two and I want to watch the second season, it will change to a yes. Okay. So okay. in the meantime, in the what meantime. are we talking about for our next episode? Dan and I are teaming up. We're joining forces. Yeah. To wow. talk Jimmy into, I gotta say, my favorite comic book series of all time. Wow. Yeah. Powers Power. by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. And Michael Avon Omen. I'm excited for this one too, partially because I want to reread it. It's been years since I since I read this. The, comic. I'm really looking forward to rereading it. Yeah. So, Jimmy, we'll talk about more of this next week. All right. We're gonna have you read the first arc of the first volume. Uh, we are. issues one through six. Okay. Who killed Retro Girl? Wow. Ooh. Who knows? I don't know. You haven't read any powers, Jim? No, I'm very interested. Um I remember you guys talking about it on IC3 years Let's ago. Let's talk about it more next week. Yeah, but I'm excited. Yeah, I just wanted to know if he'd read any. I thought he'd read like In a the issues. meantime, Jimmy. Oh. Where can you find the podcast online? They can find the podcast at Talk Me Into on Twitter, at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com. Write in your reviews there or on Apple Podcasts. Apple Pod. Wherever, man. Yeah, man. Dan, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter under the name Danny underscore breakdown. And uh, check out my band at olddogsmusic.com. That's old with an E, dogsmusic.com. Jeff, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter, J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs, the, the number, number 27. 27. Enthusiasm. <laughs> Yay. Jimmy, where can people Somehow find you Somehow that's online? become your slogan, and it's very strange. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a weird one. <laughs> I forced it to happen. I made it. I willed it into existence. You can also find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where I'm posting new videos, trying to do a video every month. So, Hot. yeah, check it out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Flee back again. <laughs> Yo, Ange. I got the powers. Whoa, gosh. Starting the same way. <laughs> yeah, I got to pull up Same thing we that. do every week, Pinky. Try, Try to start to our podcast. Over the world. Did you hear they're coming back as part of the new Animaniacs? Yeah. It's kind of dope. It was always part of the Animaniacs. Really? I thought it had a standalone show. It did, but what are it started they, off with what are they? Animaniacs. What is there a girl Animaniac now? What is there a there black always, Animaniac There always now? was. <laughs> there always was. <Both. laughs> Ready? Yeah. Freddy? Did you not pull it up? I sent it to you. You usually compile Oh, these. my gosh. You were just, for five minutes before we started recording, you were looking for it. No, I was looking for something else that I thought we oh had. Oh, my God.
It's it's not much. Hold on. <laughs> we are so unprepared. Just for future reference, when I send them to you in a text, that means I'm deleting the email. So hold on. What's the it. point of deleting it? It can hold 15 gigs. All right. I need to go on a side tangent here. Dan deletes all of our emails immediately as soon as we get them. Yeah, because they're mostly junk. But when we're reading them on the show, by the way, I don't keep them. I don't like a full inbox because they show up with my inbox as well. So I actually don't delete everything. They show up with your you don't have them separate. No, I can, can, but I keep them all together so I can see as new emails arrive. I mean, I have three email addresses where I have notifications go off on my phone and they're all completely separate. Okay, mine aren't so separate it. You you didn't let me finish. I don't (laughs) necessarily delete all these things. Anything that I think is pertinent. I save to a folder in the future. I will make a folder that's called reviews and I'll do that. I thought in the past we have sent them to you and you've printed them out. So I thought that's what you were doing. Well, I mean, we text a lot. Okay. Well, going forward, when we get reviews or emails that are pertinent and need to be read, I'll put them in a folder called reviews. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anything else important, like contacts from Libsyn or anything like that, I save in a folder that's just called talk me into. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's not even the right text message. Oh, I still have it here. Mountains out, out of mole hills. Whole hill. Trading moments in for dick memories. <laughs> wow. These are gonna be really confusing outtakes later. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Briggs.